many of you need him. Amen. Let's give them a big hand. It's a great group of young people. They're uh, learning to dance. They're learning scripture. You ought to come over some Wednesday. I'm going to tell you, folks, they're loaded for bear. They're coming for you on the 4th of July picnic. We're going to have a competition between the adults and the youth to see who can answer the most Bible-based questions, and they are gearing up to come into your territory. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, get ready, get ready, get ready. <laughs> are you glad for him today? Amen. If you have your Bibles, oh, let me talk to you right before we get into final message. Our resurrection seed offering is going to be on April the 14th. So we want you to be praying about that and what uh, God wants you to give. This offering goes toward debt cancellation on the building. Everybody give God a hand clap of praise. We, I think six years ago, we were at 2.8. We're under 2 million now. Amen. So praise God. We're chipping away at it. And... Uh, and, and this helps a lot. This goes directly toward the principle, so it, you can't imagine how much, how far that goes in the long run. We've been doing a series called Treasures of the Heart. Today's the last message in this series, and it's called What's Love Got to Do With It? And if you would, watch this clip. I messed up. So I told her, you got a mirror, you can see what you look like in those jeans. Oh. So anyway, I don't know what to do. You just talk to her. And tell her what? You tell her how you feel. I did. I told her, I feel like you look like your mother. Okay, no, you, you need to use your words. You know, romantic words. Oh. Wait, what? Okay, um, honey, uh, you, you take your wife by her hands and you just pour into her. Wait, 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 wait. Am I holding her hands or am I pouring something? I, I can't do both. What? No. Todd. You are going to pour words into your wife. You look her in the eyes, dead set, and you just let go. Because that's what she does to you, Todd. She makes you let go. And you say to her, you mean everything to me. And I would let go of everything if it means that I just get to hold you for the rest of my life. And that's what you do. What are you doing? I'm calling my wife, and you are gonna tell me some pretty words to say to her. We are not doing this. Hey, babe. No, 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 don't hang up, don't hang up. Um, I was an idiot, and I know you said some things too. You shouldn't have. You don't say that. I'm, that's not what I meant. I meant I have some things to say to you right now no while we're on the phone stop it just listen she said i have two minutes what do i say what do i say i'm sorry 
For what? Don't you tell her that. I'm sorry. Babe? She's still there. I can hear her breathing. Tell her I love you and you mean everything to me and I am a fool because I don't tell you that more often. Um, I'm a fool for loving you and I should say that stuff more often. You are the only reason I am half the man I am. Your love and constant support is my daily breath. I'm half the man I am because of you. And your love is a constraint. Constant support. No, I'm sorry. Oh, no, your love is constantly on my breath. Daily. daily. You are the greatest blessing God has ever given me, and you are perfect for me. Babe, you're the you're the best thing God ever did for me. You're perfect. For me, you're perfect. You're you're not perfect. Sunsets are more beautiful when you are on the horizon. Um, you're more beautiful at sunset on the horizon. It totally worked. Babe, I'm gone in 60 seconds. What a moron. You were great. I know, right? The words you said, I, I heard. I had no idea. Seriously? You had no idea that some women fall for that stuff? <laughs> I'm just glad you're not that gullible. By the way, what's for dinner? I've messed up. Use your words, my friend. Use those words. So, <laughs> what's love got to do with it? A uh, song that was made popular that said, what's love but a secondhand emotion? What's love got to do with it? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? So sometimes what we do is we try and pull away from love. We build a cocoon. We live our life. But if you're not experiencing love, then you're really not living. And sometimes we wrestle with that. We try and figure it out. I, let me read for you Genesis 29 and 18. Now Jacob loved Rachel, so he said, I will serve you seven years for Rachel, your younger daughter. You know Jacob's story, but let me just remind you of it. He's fled from his home because his brother wants to kill him. There's no love lost between he and his brother right now. He's running away from hatred, and he 
finds love. How many remember that song, Looking for Love in All the Wrong Places? Remember that? Hold your hand up. Everybody take a look around now. You know what you listen to. <laughs> Looking for love in all the wrong places. And Jacob comes and he, his mother had told him, you go to my brother's house and stay there until your brother gets over his anger and then you can come back home. Well, when he gets there, he sees this girl coming to a well that's beautiful and he's just taken back by her. And then he finds out that it's his uncle's daughter and, and he's just overwhelmed and, and he goes home that Laban comes and gets him and brings him home and he stays there for a month and he's working for him. And finally Laban looked at him and he said, well, look, man, you shouldn't work for me for nothing just because you're my relative. So what should your wages be? He doesn't negotiate. He doesn't try and get by cheap. He doesn't, he looks at him and says, I'll work for, I'll work for you for seven years for Rachel. And I'm thinking in my mind, why didn't you try to get by for two years? Why didn't you? Because, you know, you, you could have bargained a little bit. Well, you know, start out, you know, low and let him work it, it. But he wouldn't do that because love does something to you. Love makes you give. When I first met Debbie and I, I, I fell in love, with, you know, when I first met her, I asked her how old she was. And we were on a date, and I said, how old are you, about 17? And she looked at me, and she said, that sounds good. <laughs> three months later, everybody say three months. Three months later, her sister brings me a report card, and it says, Debbie Russell, age, or ninth grade, age 14 years old. I, I mean, I was, I mean, I was in shock. I, and, and, and she came out and she looked at us and I'm holding it and she goes, she, she walks over and she looks to me and she says, well, just forget it then. I said, I can't forget it. I'm already in love with you. Now I'm going to be honest with you. If I'd have seen that when I first met her, it would have, it wasn't that I didn't think she looked good because she looked good. Matter of fact, she looks better now she did then. <laughs> but it, was, it would have frightened me. It's amazing, isn't it, how we let things frighten us away from love? Well, you remember the, well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, I know there's a true story about the Hatfields and McCoys, but, I, the, 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 you know, sometimes when you fall in love with someone, I had a cousin that fell in love with a girl up the street, but parents didn't get along. And so he had, you know, and it was like, and I thought, well, man, what's wrong with you? Why don't you, if you, if you love her, just go. He wouldn't do it. And, and then things went kind of bad for him and bumpy. And, and I'm thinking, man, we let things keep us from love. Now here's a, here's a key. How many people do you know that would have said yes to Jesus, but they were afraid that they're what their friends would say, or their friends might walk away from them. Let me share an insight with you. If they walk away from you because you said yes to him, they were never your friends to begin with. Love, 
Love will cause you, and, and I, I spoiled her. Come Valentine's Day, man, I bought her a fur coat. It was genuine synthetic. <laughs> look, like, look, fur. I mean, she still had it. Have you still got that coat? You still got it? She still got that. That coat's, how old is that coat? 14? You're, oh, never mind. <laughs> that, that coat's probably 40 years, close to 40 years old. Did you know that fur turns yellow if you keep it long enough? <laughs> but I, I got her this coat. I got her, I got her a ring. I got her a, 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 a fuzzy bear and chocolates and, and uh, huh? flowers and, you know, sent them to school and, you know, and all this stuff. And Because love just causes you to go the extra mile. And so Jacob said, I'll serve you for seven years. Because he felt like she was worth it. Now watch this, and the scripture said that the seven years seemed like just a few days. Because his love for her was so great. It's amazing how... Time flow. Debbie and I have been married for how long now, honey? 35, 37 years. Time flies when you're having fun. Honestly, 37 years we've been married. And we look back over our lives, and we've said it several different times. I said, I feel like in some ways I've lived like three lifetimes because life has been so full and it's been so complete because of who I'm enjoying life with, who I'm traveling with. Maybe that's why the scripture talked about not being unequally yoked together, because you're on a journey, and that journey ought to be to make it home. And you want somebody that wants to go the same direction you do. How many of you are thankful to be headed in the same direction? Amen. Amen. Maybe we need to have marriage counseling. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm headed in the same place, have that same desire. And, 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 and so seven years go by. And, and when seven years go by, I'm telling you, Jacob was marking it off on the calendar. <laughs> when it ended up, he, he came to his, his soon-to-be daddy-in-law and said, all right, man, I fulfilled my obligation. Give me, give me Rachel. Give me my wife. Give me my wife. He said, okay, okay, we're going to have a big party. Everybody said, party! Man, they threw a big celebration. There's wine flowing and all this, and there's a reason there's so much wine flowing. All of a sudden, you know, they're having this big party, and, and everybody's celebrating, and then that night, when everybody say, when it's dark, and after Jacob celebrated, maybe a little too much, dark, celebrated, can't see, he brings, Laban brings Leah to his tent. Get on in there, girl. And when he wakes up in the morning, he's not a happy camper. He wakes up and he starts to scream, what, what have you done to me? I... I served you 
for Rachel. I, 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 I spent seven years of my life so I could have Rachel. What have you done to me? And he, can you hear him? Can you imagine what he's feeling? I love Rachel. What are you doing? But Laban has got this attitude. What's love got to do with it? We, we don't marry off the younger before the older. What's, what's love got to do with this? It's got everything to do with it. But not in his eyes. We don't do that. You, you go ahead and you fulfill her bridal week and, and, and you, you take care of Leah for a week and, and I'll give you Rachel at the end of that week provided you serve me for another seven years. So how long did Jacob work for Rachel? It wasn't seven years. He worked 14 years. He never worked for Leah. His heart was always in love with Rachel. Now, can I ask a question? And I want you to think about this a moment. If after you worked for seven years and you woke up the next morning and found out you'd been given a different woman, would you be upset? Well, thank you. Praise God. You had your heart set on Rachel, and all of a sudden you wound up with her sister, and you're thinking, what is going on, man? And how upset would you have been? <laughs> Danny's going to preach this for me. <laughs> Very upset. See, I thought about that. I, I wondered about that, and I felt like you, Danny. I thought I'd, I'd really been mad. I'd have been. But as I started looking at this, I discovered something. Jacob loves Rachel more than he's mad at Laban. I want you to get that. Because there are going to be things that will test your relationship. And you're going to have to discover how strong your love is. He loves Rachel more than he's mad at Jacob because, I mean, more than he's mad at Laban. Because honestly, when I looked at that, I thought, what kept him from jumping up and saying, you forget it, man. I worked for seven years for Rachel, and you're out of your mind if you think I'm going to work for you another seven years for, for, uh, for, for what I've already worked for. I'm out of here. I'm taking off. I'm... I, are you with me? Anybody hearing what I'm saying? Just forget it. I'm walking away from it. But there's something about love that will not let you walk away. Something about love that will hold you there. Everybody say, it's holding me. No love involved in a, between Jacob and Leah. No relationship that was involved there. He hadn't spent the last seven years courting Leah. He hadn't spent the last seven years getting to know Leah. There's no love, no relationship, just a transaction. When there's no love and no relationship, 
and it just becomes a transaction, how do you think it makes them feel? How do you think Jacob felt? Do you think Jacob's upset? Do you think he goes, oh man, I got two? No, he only wanted one. Two was forced upon him. How do you think Rachel felt? He's been working seven years for me, and you take my sister? And you, you, that's supposed to be me. I can't believe you would do that to me. I, I can't, it's like that clip we saw, words, you know, and, and, and he was using words, and they were so powerful, and they were so meaningful until she found out that that's all they were to him was just words. That, that they weren't coming from his heart. Do you understand that love has to come from the heart? Uh, love isn't just an empty word. Uh, words become an expression of what you feel inside, uh, and you're doing your best to try and relate it. He had sweet-talked Rachel. He'd sent love letters to Rachel. He had wooed and courted Rachel. And she's looking for her big night. And it's given to another. Do you feel like that she felt she had been used? Dad used her just to peddle off his sis or her sister. Dad used her to play on Jacob's emotions because he knew how much Jacob loved her. And I'm not sure that he's trying to get rid of Leah or just trying to get another seven years out of Jacob. And then how did Leah feel? Like a... Not a person, but like an object being bartered and traded and swapped. And how do you think she felt when she went into the tent that night thinking, God, don't let him know who I am. Don't let, or maybe she just wanted to expose who she was and, and get this out in the open, but her father threatened her and told, you better not do that. I'm telling you that when it comes to relationship, it can take all kinds of twists and turns. And if you don't keep love in the center of it, you're going to end up feeling empty and alone and used and abused. Love has got everything to do with it. An intimate relationship that's built on just a transaction leaves you feeling cheap and empty. Just ask Tamar. Her story's in Genesis, I believe around the 38th chapter. She married Judah's son. His name is Ur, E-R. And the Bible said that he's evil. He's a wicked man. He was so wicked, in fact, that God took his life. Can you imagine what life was like at home? If you're married to someone that's evil? But she never complained. She never did anything. She, and then all of a sudden, Ur dies. And so she's given to the next boy, Onan. 
And there was a custom that if your brother died, then you took his wife and you had children with her, but those children were not your heirs. In other words, let me put it where it's simple to understand. Daddy's going to leave a million dollars to the kids. There are three kids, so each kid's going to get a third. One of the boys dies. So that means me and my brother are going to get half instead of a third. But all of a sudden, dad shows up and says, wait a minute, your son, I I don't want your brother to be forgotten. I don't want his name just slipping off the face of the earth. So you go and you have a child with his wife, and that child will carry his name, and he'll get a third. And Onan gets to looking at that, and he said, no, I'm not going to do that, man, because that's going to mess with it. If, if, If I make sure she doesn't have a kid, I get half of a million instead of a third of a million. And so he goes in, and a transaction takes place. He sleeps with her, but he made sure that she didn't get pregnant. And when God saw what he did, it made God angry. Because God is saying love isn't about a transaction. It's about a commitment. Love isn't about just feeling pleasure for a moment, that's sex. Love is a commitment. That's why we say till death do us part. And so he takes him out of the scene. And this little girl that's forgotten and no one seemed to love or care about Before it was said and done, God not only provided for her, but she became part of the genealogy of Christ. Everybody say, he doesn't forget me. You need to understand something that you may have gone through some stuff and you may have experienced some stuff and you may have suffered some stuff. and You may feel like, well, man, I'm just going to stay away from love because all I ended up with was a broken heart within it. And why even? And so we withdraw and we close ourselves off. But what you're doing is you're closing yourself off to God. Because the Bible said, he that loveth not knoweth not God for what? God is love. If we're not careful, our relationship with God just becomes a transaction. Oh, it's Sunday morning, time to go to church. Go in, sit down. Go through the motion. We got two songs. We got a, you know, we're going to take an offer, we're going to do this, and then after that, you know, we're out of here. And, I'm, and there's no relationship involved in it. We're just going through the motions. It strikes me odd because I've met people that want God, but they want God on their terms. They love God, they say, but only this way. I don't want God interfering in my life. I don't want God telling me, I don't want somebody coming up to me and saying, well, here's what the scripture says about that. No, no, no. I want to do what I want to do. I'm not interested in what the scripture says. I just show up on Sunday and go through the motion. That's an empty and lonely life. But the moment you open your heart to God, 
The moment you come in like David said, I was glad when they said to me, let's come to the house of God. The moment you walk in to a service and you can't wait to begin to love on God and worship God. And, and, and not just that, you understand, it's not just on a Sunday, but on Monday morning when you wake up, before you start your day, you're spending time with him. Why? Not out of obligation. Well, wait a minute, I got to spend some time in worship. I got you know, I got to do my, I got to do my list. No, no, no. You spend time because you love them. Amen. Can you imagine if my, come here a minute, baby. If my relationship with my wife was set up like this, look here, I'll see you Sunday at 10 a.m. And I love you so much. And then I never spend any time with her the whole week. And Sunday shows up and she's going, I couldn't wait for today. Oh, me too. I'm so glad that we're here together. It's been such a wonderful, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it's about that. I got, oh, it's 1130. Spend a couple hours with her. Does that feel like love to you? Does that look like love to you? That guy was an idiot. He had everything going for him. I heard you. I heard those words. That I, I, I heard. Seriously? You fall for something like that? And I'm thinking, you moron. He called the other guy a moron. Do you understand that words can make or break a relationship? Is anybody in the house today? When's the last time you looked at your spouse and said, you are beautiful? I think I told you that yesterday, didn't I? Yes, I did. You've already forgotten. <laughs> See? <laughs> and I did, not, I did not do that with the intent to bring it up today. Matter of fact, I just thought of it. <laughs> What I'm saying is this, is if you don't spend time affirming your love, then how will you know it's love? Think about your children. Well, well hang on just a second. What love. Okay, so if, if we're going to build it, if we're going to build the foundation on it, see, we've got to make sure that our prayers don't become a shopping list. Anybody with me? Lord, I'd like this and this and this, and I, I like that one over there. It, you know. Well, my next-door neighbor got a car. God, I've been praying for a car for months now. How come they got one and I don't have I want one better than they got because I know I live better than they do. You understand what I'm talking about? All of a sudden, love gets twisted and it gets perverted. We, we live in a society that's forgotten what love even is, that doesn't even have a concept of love. It's about an empty emotion for a moment, fulfilling something for an instant, and then it's gone. That's a sad way to live your life for God. I'm here, buddy. You got me till from 10 to 12, God. <laughs> I love being with you. I'll see you next week at 10. Now, if you love being with someone, you're going to spend time with that someone. Amen. 
You're going to go where they, I, I go to town with Debbie sometimes when she wants, we'll go to town together and she's going shopping and then when, when she, you know, she's getting ready to go like into Macy's or she's going someplace and, and, and sometimes we'll look at the clock and I'll say, okay, I'll meet you back at, well, why would you do that? Because love understands. She doesn't want me over her shoulder when she's shopping because she feels like I'm rushing her. When she's looking at dresses and I'm going. How does this one look? Oh, it looks wonderful. That guy looked at his wife and said, look in the mirror. You can tell what those jeans look like. There's nothing in between here. It just... Have you ever said something that was so stupid that after you said it, you went, I can't believe I just said that? Anybody besides me ever done anything like that? Wave your hand up a second. Take names down. <laughs> just, you know what I mean? Just, just all of a sudden, you think, man, and you want to reclaim that? You want to... Folks, I'm telling you that we make mistakes, that we falter and we fail, but love will not walk away. Love holds on. Love reaches out. Love keeps persevering. Amen. So we've got a relationship where we're giving up shop lists instead of prayers. What about... If all of a sudden our worship turns into a complaint session. Anybody ever been there before? He who does not love does not know God for God is love. For relationship to work, the foundation has to be built on love. God is love. For a relationship to work, the foundation has to be built on love. God is. For a relationship to work, the foundation has to be built on God. For God is love. You can't navigate life without him. Oh, you can, but you're going to end up shipwrecked someplace. You just can't do, well, you say, Pastor, I mean, this isn't even relevant to me. I'm not married. I don't have a boyfriend. I don't have a girlfriend. For a relationship to work, the foundation has to be built on. For your relationship to work with God, because if you don't have, no other relationship in your life is as important as your relationship with God. And for that relationship to work, it's got to be built on love. You've got to love God. I'm not just, well, you know, I don't, I, 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 I mean, I want people to think I'm a good person, so I, I go to church. I, I include church in my schedule. Really? <laughs> I don't, can I tell you, if I wasn't your pastor, I'd still be going to church. If ministry wasn't a 
I, I hate to say it like this, but if, if, if preaching, if I, wasn't, if, I, if I was working someplace else and getting paid someplace else, if I had a secular job, I would still go to church. Because, well, how do we know that? Because I did it. What are you saying? I'm saying you've got to fall in love with God. Turn around, look at your neighbor and say, I love you. Isn't that so easy? Isn't that that easy? Say it again. I love you. I look at him and say, I didn't really mean it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. But isn't that what happens a lot of times? We just throw that away. We just throw that out there. Oh, I love pizza. You kiss pepperoni? Oh, I love, we, we interchange that word and we make it mean so many things. But when you look at the purest form of love, that agape, that's God, my friend. God is love. And if we build our life founded on God, you're going to be able to navigate any storm, climb any mountain and swim any ocean if you love God. Everybody's saying, I love him. Love doesn't give up. Jacob could have thrown up his hands and left and said, forget it. No, no, no. He worked another seven years. I'm not running away from Rachel. I, I love you. Debbie and I have always gotten along. We've never had a crossword. And if you believe that, I've got some swamp property I want to sell you. We've always loved each other. That one you can take to the bank. There have been times when, you know, she was wrong and didn't want to admit it. There were times that I was right and didn't want to, con- I mean, there were times that I was wrong. <laughs> Isn't that how it is? It's always, it's always their fault. It's always, everybody say it with me. I was wrong. Spit it out there, man. Just get it out. (laughs) Accept it. Take responsibility for it and move on from it. Since I gave my, my, my heart to God, I have never, ever sinned. Liar, liar, liar. What are you saying? How many of you have sinned since you've given your heart to God? Wave your hand if you sin. You don't, if you don't put your hand up, we already know anyway. <laughs> that didn't end my relationship. I went to God, and there were some words, two words, that made things right. I'm sorry. Turn around, look at your neighbor, and say, I'm sorry. And don't you dare look at him and say, I know it. Say it one more time, I'm sorry. Isn't it odd that when when you're willing to say that and then turn away from it because repentance means to turn away from? Isn't it odd how God receives us and loves us? John tells us, little children, sin not, but know this, that if you do sin, you've got an advocate with the Father through Christ Jesus the righteous. What are you saying? Sometimes we don't try because we feel like we can't do it instead of doing our best and letting God receive us and forgive us and love us and carry us through those spots that we can't make on our own. There have been times I've gone to God and said, God, I don't understand how you could put up with me. There have been other times I've gone to God and said, God, I don't understand how you can put up with them. 
Are you with me? Sometimes our focus is, but if we'll keep our focus here, if we'll make sure that love is real here, then love will help us navigate the way. Everyone say, what's love got to do with it? When you love someone, you'll fight to protect them. I, I know that if somebody said something ill against me, that my wife would come to my defense. If it weren't true, are you with me? If I'm to blame, she'd say, yeah, that's right, but we, you know, I'm going to have a talk with him. You've got to forgive him. Love, love doesn't excuse sin. Love is willing to forgive it. And so when we move past those feelings that are empty and we begin to look for something that's real, you know it's real because of your response to it. I was reading a story about a man, he was 65 years old, and he, was, uh, he and his wife were on a walk and a mountain lion attacked him, took him down, and he said, and I mean the thing's eating him, up. it's all over him, and he hollered at his wife and said, there's a pen in my pocket. Really? <laughs> there's a pen in your pocket, what do you want me to do, write out your will? There's a pen. He said, he told his wife, he said, there, there's a lion on top of this guy, a, a mountain lion on top of him. He said, there's a pen in my pocket. Grab the pen and poke the lion in the eye. I've watched, how many, well, how many of you have ever seen or at least heard of instances where there were people being attacked by other people and the crowd just looked the other way like nothing was happening? Attacks going on on bus lines and subway stations and out in the middle of the street and, 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 and people getting slapped around and, be, and, and, and people will just turn their head and walk the other way. That's not love. Love responds, love protects. She reached in that, into his pocket, grabbed that ink pen out, and went after that mountain lion, and that mountain lion took off running the other direction. There was no way she was a match for that mountain lion, but that mountain lion was no match for love. <laughs> Whatever you're facing in your life that's trying to rip you out of the arms of God is no match for God. I, I, there was another story about a, a man and a lady, and they were the older couple, and they were out walking, and a grizzly bear attacked the guy. She had nothing except a pair of binoculars, and instead of running the other way, she ran at that bear because the one she loved was being torn apart. And she grabbed those binoculars and she started smacking that bear on the nose with that. And man, she must have landed a good blow on his nose because he took off running the other way. Love won't just turn its back. Love holds on. Love fights for you. Love fights to protect you. How do you know that? Because the scripture said that God commended his love toward us and that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. Before we were loving him, he was loving us. Before we ever reached out for him, he reached out to us. 
He knew that without his help, I was going to wind up in a devil's hell. He knew that it wasn't, it was never God's intention for us to wind up in hell. It was made for the devil and his angels. They're trying to drag everyone they can with them. The scripture said that the devil came but for three reasons, to steal, to kill, and destroy. Don't let him do that to your life. Don't let him do that to your family. Don't let him do that to you. Well, how can I possibly fight back? Because my friend, this battle has already been fought and this battle has already been won. The wages of sin is death. In the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree, you'll surely die. And death was put on hold until someone could come that could conquer death. And so because of his love for us, he gave himself. Do you think he couldn't stop their whip? Do you think he couldn't stop that army? Not only could he, he knew he could. He acknowledged he could, but he refused to because love doesn't run away. Before they grabbed him, he made a declaration. No man takes my life. I'm going to lay it down and I'm going to pick it back up. How do you know that? Because it's a promise that my daddy made me. This promise I've received from my father. Do you understand that Jesus did it for you? He did it for me. His love for us was so great that he said, I'm not going to turn my back on this. It would be easier for me to just let them deal with their own mess. But instead, he entered into our mess. How many of you have ever been compelled to enter into a mess because of love? My son, I don't remember how old he was. All I remember is hearing in the middle of the night, man, a fountain of regurgitation. And I'm not trying, I know lunch is coming up. This will help those of you that are trying to diet. It stunk so bad. I don't know what made him sick, but I know whatever it was stunk. How many of you been in some stinky places before? You know what I'm talking about? Just stinks, man, just stinks. Well, what did you do? I ran in, grabbed a hold of him, and started holding him. I don't know why I do this. I don't know, honestly, I don't. I mean, if Debbie's sick and, and she's regurgitating, and, and, and I'm sorry, folks, I'm just being transparent with you. I, I'll run in and put my arms around her and hold her, and I don't know why except I know she's hurting, and I don't want her to feel alone. There's something about God that when we're going through something, God has a way of showing up and wrapping his arms around us. 
even when we're in the middle of it. Even when we're hurting and, and, and we don't know what to do and it's like, and, and we're so sick of it and, we're, we're in, and, and, it's just, and, and then all of a sudden we, we just feel the warmth of his love wrap around us and somehow I know that even though it's not over, I'm going to make it through. That even though I'm still hurting, it's going to get better. That's what he did for us, for God so loved the world. He wrapped his arms around us and gave his son. He embraced us with the greatest expression of love that he could. God, Jesus is the express image of an invisible God. Amen. And he stretched out his arms to hold us and gave himself at Calvary. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Would you stand with me? First Corinthians 13 and 7 says, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. I'm concerned about the cut and run syndrome. I had my, I, I had a relative say to me one time, well, I would love God, or I would serve God, but I've just been hurt so much. And I looked at them and I said, you've been hurt? I said, do you think that flat or that that whip that ripped the flesh off his back didn't hurt him? You've been hurt? Do you think seven inch spikes through your hands is a pleasant experience? You've been hurt? Do you think that taking a crown of thorns and beating, how many of you have ever just pricked your finger with a thorn? They took a crown of thorns. I had, I don't know what kind of tree it was that was in our yard. We ended up cutting it down, but it produced thorns. It would grow, uh, uh, thorns would grow straight up and, and literally people would come to our house to get it for their church because when it was green, you could take it and twist it and bend it. Then it would dry out. And man, I watched birds fly into that bush and die. Thorns that long that just pierced through them. Can you imagine those being beat down on your head? You've been hurt. Here's the truth, folks. We all know what pain is. We all know what it is to be hurt, but no one knows it better than Jesus. No one knows pain better than he does. A man of sorrow acquainted with grief. And here's what he did with his pain. He turned his pain into our victory. Why don't you let him take your pain and turn it into victory for you again? Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house today. Amen. 
We are not defeated. We are victorious. What's love got to do with it? <laughs> they asked me after I got saved, they said, what's it feel like? I said, it feels like I got springs in my feet. <laughs> That's been over 40 years ago. <laughs> they're still there. <laughs> they may be a little rusty, <laughs> but they're still there. I don't ever want to lose the wonder of his love. I don't ever want to just let church become a routine or a ritual. What's love got to do with it? Love walked to a hill called Golgotha, and there love saved the world. Love's got everything to do with it. If you're in this building today and you say, Pastor, I've, I've, I've been going through some situations and, and I just need, I, I just need him to wrap his arms around me. I just need to feel loved. I, I need to know that he's with me, that I'm not alone. I got some kids that are acting strange. I, I've got, I, I've got, I, I've got a, situations on the job. I'm not sure what's going to happen. I, I've got more bills than I got money coming in. I just need to know it's going to be all right. Something about when I was a kid and I was afraid. <laughs> I'd be asleep in a room and dad had turned the lights out and man, our closet was a 16-penny nail on a wall hanging shirts on it and jeans and that light would go out and I'd look and a head would grow out of that shirt. I'd start screaming, ah, Daddy, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm here. And he'd come in and he'd turn the light on. Those monsters were afraid of my dad. Every time he came into that room, they'd leave. Can I tell you, if you let him in to this room, all your monsters are going to leave again. As they sing this song, I want to invite you to come right now. Would you just step forward? Let's reaffirm our love to him together. What do you say? Come on forward. Come on forward. We'll end up here today. Love doesn't boast. It's not proud. Forgives wrongs. Love. That's powerful stuff, man. Love. Not my love, not your love, but his love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So if, you, if you've never said yes to God, I want you to hear me. If you've never said yes to God, you've really never experienced the purest form of love. Because when he comes into your life, he changes you. How many of you have been changed since he came? Have you felt the change? Are you ready for that change to have an impact on other people's lives? <laughs> just raise your hands and say, go ahead and love on me some more, God. Just go ahead and love on me some more. Well, how does God love on me? Well, you start loving on him and find out how quick he shows up. 
just raise your hands and begin to love him just just from your heart from you as an individual with with your words God I love you I worship you it doesn't have to be religious talking just make it from your heart do you ever walk go on a walk with God just spend an afternoon with God and open your heart up and 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 not now hear me not complain to him not start talking to him about everything that's going wrong but just start loving on him just start loving on him do you know what happens when you start loving on God everything that's been going wrong has a way of getting right and all of a sudden you're sitting there thinking I didn't even ask for that it just happened why because he loves you he wants what's best for you even when you don't even know what you need amen stretch those hands to heaven one more time what is this pastor well this if you read if you study scripture you find out that the word praise literally means an extension of the forearm so I remember praying and said, God, let me wake up praising you. I was a young man. I just given my heart to God. I said, God, let me wake up praising you. I woke up the next morning and I heard the first thing that happened was my hands just went straight up. And I said, thank you, Jesus. Because it's real. Are you ready for it? Come on, love on him with me right now. Father, we love you. We worship you. We magnify you. We, we, we're singing a song right now whisper his name because in your deepest darkest night whispering his name can cause the atmosphere to change but once you whisper his name and the atmosphere changes what happens oh you're not whispering anymore you're going to shout his name come on shout his name shout out his name thank you father thank you father thank you father Shout out his name. Shout out his as you're loving him and you know think about this you got a boyfriend are you going to go to your next-door neighbor your girlfriend and say would you go love on my boyfriend for me would, would you go give him some kisses would you go hold him no no you said matter of fact you catch her messing with your boyfriend and furs getting ready to fly man it's that's that's it don't let somebody else love on God for you he said, if these hold their peace, the rocks will cry out. You love on God. So this is what I want you to do. It's close to the service day. I want you to get your neighbor by the hand. Just take somebody's hand right now. Look at him. Look at him and say this with me. On the count of three. Go ahead and say that with me. On the, look at them and say that with me. On the count of three. You ready? On the count of three. Say it one more time. On the count of three. Say it one more time. On the count of three. Now, if you miss this count, you're in trouble. On the count of three, I want you.
Come on, say it with me. I want you. I want you. One more time. I want you on the count of three to shout out his name. Jesus. Are you ready? One, two, three. Jesus. Sing it. the devil a nervous breakdown when you shout out his now think about this I was dating I've been we've been married for 37 years what's your name again really no 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 man you know one of the most heartbreaking things is they they call it what's that called all Alzheimer's or when all of a sudden you begin to forget and then there have been people that have been by their loved one's bed and they can't remember who they are. God will never forget who you are. He'll never forget who you are. When my grandma was getting ready to leave this world, she looked at me and thought I was my dad and my dad had been dead for years. She thought I was my dad and I said, Grandma, I'm Ricky. And don't you ever call me that. No, I said, I said, Grandma, I said, I'm I'm Ricky. And she goes, she she says, yes, I worry about him. She started talking to me about me, but she didn't know it was me. And I just thought, well, you know what? It doesn't matter. She can't remember who I am because I know who she is. And I love her, that's my grandma. And I just loved on her for a while and she went on to be with my father and her father, our father. And I promise you that in that moment, all things were restored. You're not gonna lose anything here. God is going to bring the restoration of all things. Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house today. If you need special prayer, you hang out with us. We'll pray for you. Until then, you remember that God's made you the head and not the tail. That you're above and not beneath. And that no matter what you're facing, you're not facing it alone. He said, I'll go before you. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. And when we're in trouble, we shout out his name and his name is... Jesus! Come on and give him a hand clap of praise in this house. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory to you in the highest place. Glory.